This is Death Before Dishonor. I'm Genesee. My character is Zanatari. She's a good aligned Kalishtar war priest. I'm Daniel. This symbol is renowned for being associated with the Rod of Orcus, the artifact that I'm after. I'm Eric. My, my name is, is Cesar. I was a, a slave worker for the uh, undead armies of Thay for 75 years. I'm Kevin. I, I, I kind of have my own personal quest, I guess, uh, just to become a protector of people. And I'm Tinzian. Shall we start this over again? <laughs> One of the beauties of D&D. Can't end the story. Goes anywhere you want it. Welcome to the show. I'm Genesee. I'm Eric. I'm Daniel. And I'm Tinzian. And this is Death Before Dishonor. Today is Friday, August 3rd, and this is episode 66 in a weekly series following a group of friends playing Dungeons and Dragons, hosted by the Great Area Podcast. Hopefully, Kevin will be joining us shortly, and uh, I'm going to let Tinzian catch us up on where we were last time. So, Dungeon Master, you are a go. Kevin should be back at some point. Hopefully he's having some computer issues this evening, so he may be joining us uh, mid-cut or something along this adventure. And in the last episode, the party escaped the attacking orcs, only to find themselves in a somewhat questionably diplomatic situation. Or, I guess we should say, they came across a bunch of minotaurs and somehow managed to get two of them killed. Uh... The party has been assigned some degree of status by these patrolling Minotaur due to the display of currency. The Minotaurs then led the party to an overlook which uh, appears to be showing the valley containing, the rather massive valley containing the Seven Pillared Hall. On the outside, where the party still is, is a long roadway. Uh, the main merchant path and uh, entrance to the city. I think last time I made uh, an attempt to cast allusion to the hobbit holes without it actually being viewed as hobbit holes, but whatever. But on the outside, there are a number of flagpoles leading up into the city, and they have giant flags similar to the ones that Xanatari has um, I believe you surrendered your flag. Yes, he took the from flag. From shepherd. And I think he put it, there were huge ones along the path or something that we were walking on. And my assumption was maybe he was going to put it up there with the others. There was the potential assumption with the last one, yep. Yeah. Uh, and so we pick up with our party. You are, now it's Overlook. You have had your first couple seconds of of viewing this, and uh, you see that there is a path that you've been directed down towards uh, the main path from above. Any sort of reactions? Let's go first from Daniel, since you have um, Fluffy at some point along. Okay, so... Um, reactions in, in regards to these high paths. Um, okay. Well, either, either either the high pass or the view that you see are actually finally reaching the city after many much time. Um, I think I'm, I'm I'm pretty relieved. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, I I love these guys, my group, but um, hanging out with them in the wild for about like four months, yeah, not 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 great. Um, 
especially especially uh, Eric. He's starting to smell because <laughs> he's um, such a dandy. Because he's an old man, and you know, <laughs> old men tend to smell after a bit. Oh, I thought you were talking about me. <laughs> I believe I was. He is. He's he's <laughs> suggesting that you smell. And while it well, has, for the listeners' sake, while it has been uh, about four months worth of podcasting, it's actually been about a week and a half since the party first attempted to <laughs> head out from Winter Haven for the drow attack. So slowest and, podcast uh, ever. No, no, no. And then I realized that, that, that it has been awake. The gray area. <laughs> you just then I realized it has been awake, and then I break down and start crying at, the, <laughs> at just the smell of uh, <laughs> and I just stop. I like fire. I, I just. I have to break off from the group and find a guard so I can have a shower and wash the old man's We haven't invented man's disposable depends in this world. Oh. <laughs> <Nasty>. <laughs> He's been wiping himself with the hem of his robe. They call it a robe pawn. It was your robe. <laughs> <laughs> Says it must be European. <laughs> oh, that's mean. Bringing it to the next yep. level, Thorn. That's me. This will be a shorter episode than we believed. <laughs> You've already brought it into the abyss. Even <laughs> Loth is like, wow. Even, even wow, Loth is like, I, we didn't know there was that deep in abyss. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, any actual in-character responses you wish to <laughs> formally make? <laughs> oh, me? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, oh, I thought it was moving on, you know, can't be trusted with <laughs> the first segment, <laughs> the opening comments. Thorin, Thorin, you can't be trusted with a verb, a noun, a pronoun, or an adjective. <laughs> Alright. Only what about a... Okay. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm probably, yeah, I've, I'm probably, I look relieved to be back in civilization where I can steal from the rich... Um, to line my own pockets. Um, or your party members. That's okay. And and not my party members, because that's that's mean and un and unnecessary. Maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I sort of gaze around, like just trying to take it all in. Um, but like it's it's just such an awe inspiring sight. You know this this massive city that's underground. Um, it's like that whole wide-eyed kid walking into a candy store and just not being able to take it all in. Cause, uh, for some people it'd be like, wow, this is some magnificent architecture. But for me, it's the sorts of, wow, there are a lot of artifacts in this area that I could potentially take back to my cult. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm just sort of gazing awestruck and actually not saying anything witty or clever. Okay. And, uh, for clarity's sake, for the listeners, um, Thorn last week actually kept the, helped keep the party alive, um, since he was the first one, uh, mock interrogated by the Minotaurs. So, for Thorn, uh, congratulations for your, uh, handling of the Minotaurs, uh, last week and trying to puzzle out what it was they were trying to communicate with you. So, there's, uh, a hundred experience points towards you. I'll write it down. Okay. Although I find that the 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 experience points in this uh this podcast are a little bit like uh, whose line is it anyway? Because like they don't points. really matter. No. Yeah. Right. You know they're they're like they're like the 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 fist bump without the actual fist bump. 
But still, yeah, it sounds find nice. A place to, yeah. Hold on. All right, so yeah, move along. I'll, I'll be fine. Okay. Just make a noise here. Xanatari. Hmm. Uh, Xanatari is happy to be around so many people again. We've been stuck kind of in small town outskirts for a really long time, and uh, she's from a pretty populated area, so um, I think she would be happy to be around all the Minotaurs, and although maybe feeling a little bit small and intimidated because they are really large people, and I assume that the architecture kind of reflects their size. So, uh... Also, probably a little nervous being underground because we've been out kind of in, you know, the landscape and having sky above us all the time, um, even if it is populated by leering moons. Um, mm-hmm. So I would feel a little intimidated, I think. But, uh, yeah. Remind me, I don't believe that when we did the Keep of the Shadow Fell, you had any phobias uh, underground. You just had a bunch of trap situations, but no actual phobias or anything along those lines were correct. Yeah, no, she wasn't. Okay. All right. Uh, Cesar. So, is there any sign of the city from the viewpoint that we're at besides that entrance we see down in the middle? Like, is the rest of it just blank plain, or is it? are there it's signs that there's things underneath? Blank plain. Um, okay, so the... Little, little, the, little rounded in, in parts. Right. Uh, but it, it's sort of this very colossal um roof pretty much a roof but there there isn't any stacks or smoke curls right. or anything coming up from this uh correct me if i'm wrong uh it was peter jackson that did the hobbits and everything else mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sort of in in a peter jackson style of just showing a a, a landscape this is just sort of this pristine landscape right uh, seven mountains around it, um, and sort of at a not a uh, straight vertical gateway like in most cities. It's kind of at a forty-five degree going into the ground, right, kind of like a like a subway entrance. Yep. Yep. Type of deal. Yep. Way. Uh, okay. pretty massive. There's probably the the gate could hold six very large. Uh, merchant carts, wagons, mm-hmm. um, abreast. And uh, was there a lot of activity, a little activity, no activity at the gate? Quite a lot of activity. Um, there yeah. seems to be a traffic going in and out. Okay. Um, well, uh, Cesar kind of, he uh, was pretty uh, taken aback by this feat of architecture. I mean, he knew, you know, they'd sort of heard that it was underground, but he lets out a, like a, a whistle he's in. That is, that's a, quite a, quite a feat there. I'm, I'm ready and raring to get under there and see how they might have uh, constructed such a place. Um, but he's definitely, you know, aware that, you know, this area is most likely linked to the drow activity that they were having. So he uh, is still on the alert and not letting his fascination with the way things are constructed getting in the way of, uh, um, you know, keeping his eye out for danger and... Uh, risk and things like that. Okay. If all of you would make an insight check and let me know if you get a number uh, 20 or higher, I would appreciate it. Mm. Natural one. Okay. 27. 27. Okay. For everyone except Cesar, the 
there is a, a sudden sort of realization that, you know, where you are going, the, the fact is you are separate individuals. You're not a sort of a clan, even though you're a traveling group. You're not a clan of one particular race in the truest sense. Uh, you have purchased status through currency, is what you are led to believe at the moment. What limitations may there be in terms of what you encounter underground or above ground in one of these merchant trains that could have also bought status? Explain that again. You guys were able to buy status. Can anybody or anything also buy status? Okay. And since you you all came through the diplomatic effort in the last episode, um, you kind of get an idea that maybe there's going to be something under there or something encountered that may not be at first either a threat or peril or boon. So I think there's there's something in the back of your head as a positive sense. You have this sudden flash that we could money be taken talks. advantage of. Okay, well, so something mo- like money, money, okay, talks, well, but a, a giant apparently bought status, a so razor claw shifter. It may or may not be, but you just have that widening of your horizon enough that there's the potential there. So that they don't care where the money's come from as long as you've got money. Could be. That's a good working assumption for right now because you've gone through the experience of not just because you guys are heroes or you have weapons or whatever. You didn't get status through that. There, there, there may be the mentality of, hey, if you've got the coin, we'll let you in. So you're not really sure what you may encounter under there. Okay. Well, given that they seem to be... Um mostly into trading and it doesn't matter what the item is um you know this could potentially be like almost like a black market of of sorts um although it might not seem like that on the surface um there might be a definite sort of uh criminal trading post i guess underneath like underlying like that's a place where you can do shady deals and no one will sort of bat an eyelid because no money is money Cesar. Yes. You're you you have been in your slave pits and small little trading merchant villages and rock fields and up a tree, down a tree, and doing all sorts of different things. And so far your scale of life has been pretty well limited in terms. You have the big giant shiny yokel has gone to New York City for the first mm-hmm. time and seen Times Square. Okay. You are in quite the sense of culture shock mm-hmm. and uh, probably have some penalties to different roles as we go on for a little bit since uh, I can't really figure out on a insight check what a proper role, critical would be. So we'll just have you for once actually be so taken over that it's kind of shorted your brain out a bit. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. The lead Minotaur has indicated the 
um, passage down to the main road and seems to be waiting for you guys to move at your paces. Is there any particular line order or um, any sort of charging of uh, an unexpected path down to the road? What do you guys want to do next? Um, I don't know that Cesar would take point. He doesn't, that's not really his place either in the party or just, you know, physically. So, I mean, I, plus he's, as you said, kind of agog. So he'll, uh, sort of follow suit with whatever everybody else does. I think, um, given that I managed to get people into the party, like I've got an air of confidence that sort of needs to be kept. So um, I'll take the the head of the the party at this point, if you want. Okay. Sanatari? Uh, I'll let that happen. I don't think there's any immediate danger uh, right now, so I'd be content to kind of, I guess, let those uh, who know specifically what they're after go first while I kind of keep an eye on everyone. Okay. Uh, I'll have Mithrin fall into um, the end of the line. Okay. Oh, by the way... If you guys see him on Skype, I'm trying to see, but if he comes on, let me know and I'll invite him in. Because I'm having okay, trouble. I'm watching him. Twitter. Okay. Okay. Uh, you are led down to the main pathway, and you're not in any sort of dimensional flux or perspectives haven't changed. The flagpoles are pretty darn grand. Uh, What's your original thoughts, Anatari, about the um, the cloth that you have being a flag? Seems to, of course, hold true even upon closer inspection. Mm-hmm. The flags all incorporate in some manner at least a base element of the Minotaur head. Some are just uh, creature heads that incorporate the Minotaur horns. Some have the snout. Some are this wonderfully rich tapestry of things and somewhere in it they have a minotaur so there's there's some small theme through each of the flags that you can see mm-hmm. but it's not a a dominant um portion so the minotaur that uh is in the lead again holds out um a uh, hand towards and points towards one of the farther, uh, probably 600 feet away flagpoles okay. up the road and then points towards the flag that you have in your possession. I thought he took it. And my, my assumption was that since the, the giant died, Maybe there's some sort of meaning to these flags. Like maybe they are for people that, I don't know, maybe they're leaders of some sort of, there's, there's symbols on the flags that led me mm-hmm. to believe, and they were counting the symbols that kind of indicated that there might be a large amount of people that are somehow underneath the Minotaur's care, and these flags represent leaders of those people. And so perhaps when the giant died and I gave them the flag, they were going to display this like for the fallen heroes kind of flag, you know, you do for veterans and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So I assumed that, um, when he took the flag from me 
and we had all these other flags along the way that maybe it was going to go up just for that, uh, because it seems like we couldn't pass ourselves off as the owners of this flag because we didn't have enough of the, the other symbols on it. So we never did find out exactly what they meant, but that's kind of what I was thinking. Sort of the insight you see, um, and we'll continue since you did actually, both of you did a really good insight check. Each of the flags has um, one of those uh, rune sets on them. And um, each one is different. There's a couple commonalities here and there. But it almost looks like a serial number hmm. of some kind. So it's, as you're dri- you've got a driver's license, um, and each one has a unique number that they can kind of check. You're sort of get the get the idea from looking at these flags that they may be some sort of actual permit. Okay, so are they merchants then, or just permits to be in the city? Could be of any any answer at this point in time, but uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think I think I did have him take the uh, flag. The flag though is not flown. He doesn't go over to that flagpole. He just seems to be pointing out that a flagpole in particular, and but but doesn't go over and, and actual raise the giant's okay. flag, but instead sort of points the party off towards um, the gate itself. Tallyho. Yeah, Fun. I guess so. Okay. Daniel, um, are you in any way looking at anything in particular as far as escape routes or defenses or any sort of interest in the gate area itself or for anyone else in the party? Are they, is, is there any interest? Um, yeah, I'm actually going to do a perception check. Um, given that I have a, a thiefish nature, I need to uh, know ins and outs of the uh, the city. So while I'm walking, I'm, I'm sort of taking in the locations and, and like alleyways and stuff that sort of lead off into, you know, dark areas that might bring me out onto another street somewhere. But uh, I'm going to roll a, a perception check. Cesar's also looking at those dark areas. Okay. Uh, I roll a 25. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. This is going to be largely just for the... And there goes the largely again. Damn it! <laughs> it's your favorite word. It's okay. <sighs> uh... This is going to be just about the gates. There are an extreme number of murder holes within the gate area where oil could be poured down or some other liquid or casters could lurk along with um, archers. There is sort of uh, hidden from view on either side of the gate opening. The gates themselves sort of... uh, can can close they they open inward the gate opens inward there's uh i guess if you were looking at the door from the hinge section that's that's how you sort of see it uh at a doorway from the hinge hinge section on either side so the doors would close inward mm-hmm. but still allow access for attacks to take place um, for people invading either on the outside 
or there also appears to be an internal set of similar defenses. Sure. All right. Question, uh, at this point we still have our mounts, right? And, and it's yes. a large enough space for us to, to have them. Mm-hmm. Are we... We're still outside, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we're still up on top. We're not in the city yet. Okay. Well, you guys you guys have actually gone down, before, you're, you're right before the gate. Right. But you're on that large pathway. Okay, and we're expecting, like, everything's going to fit through that gate. Like, Fluffy Every... will be fine. Yep, it's, you could fit about uh, six merchant wagons abreast. Okay. Fluffy will will definitely do it. It's kind of like Orgamar, as I believe Kevin mentioned last time, but at an angle. It hurts. Yep. <laughs> For the horde. Um, Cesar's kind of like craning his neck, trying to look ahead down the into the gate to see if he can see, kind of, you know, get as much of an idea of what's down there, just because he's so excited and curious. Really, from what you're looking at, uh, you don't see much beyond uh, sort of there's a large diffused area of light as the outside sunlight kind of pours in through the gate. Ooh, diffused light! You don't see uh, really anything beyond. You sort of expect that there's a large buffer area where uh, the gates would need space to travel to close. Um, But there does seem to be on the inside, uh, another set of lighted archways beyond. Okay. Um, in regards to closing the gate, uh, can I identify the means at which they close it? Do they use um, like large chain and pulley system, or are they magic? Or can I just can I discern anything like that of that nature? Oxen. It could be a matter of beasts of burden. Uh, could be. Probably a large assist from some degree of pulley system, but there are tracks that are um, dug into the ground. Okay, so there there is an animal system, okay. It's either an animal system, it's either an animal-assisted system, <clears throat> or... Uh, it's the minotaurs themselves that are closing it. It could be something, but there's kind of like these... It's kind of like a, a train cogwheel system as well so once once it closes or wherever it stops it's pretty firmly dug in as well so they can kind of make sure things get locked down pretty tightly okay all right yep do you all want to enter <laughs> yes. Yes, yes 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 I've come this far <laughs> I'm okay. I'm I'm appeased. I'll I'll turn around and go home now. Okay. Let's go. No, no, I'm gonna go in. <laughs> Entering through the gates, you sense that there is a large number of eyes upon you. Both from the merchants but also from the areas around the gates. Um and perhaps even deeper in maybe a uh detection system or scrying. You sort of feel that, you know, they sort of wanna know everything about someone that's coming in. But the the sheer scope of what awaits you is both kind of humbling, yet makes you feel like you are uh, among a very certain special set of people to be able to view that. Inside the gate, there is a smaller archway 
where traffic is funneled through to, to account again for the close is the closure area for the gates that is barren and empty. Going in, the entire city, you're sort of uh, coming in at a higher level, spread out below you, um, encompassing the area of the valley above. You see lights of every sort of color spread out over the, um, the area underground. But where the mountains were, you actually see um, seven large pillars as if they are each holding up the mountain. Kind of like if you had a decorative column kind of thing, then on top of it you had your, your big candle for those who do home decor. <laughs> I don't know how best to describe it, but the the mountains, the position of the mountains outside that were ringing the valley are taken up by an actual uh, column, and it's not like uh, the the ones with the you know the fluty edges, the Doric, Ionic, whatever. Mm. It's just that there's actually seven huge columns, and they are all um, covered in glyphs of different kinds, um, or at least some sort of uh, markings are all over the cliffs, and I mean all over the um, pillars. And you can even see the lights glinting from each of them along the way. And an immense, but not uh, disturbingly so, I guess you can call it a, a globe of daylight and a globe of uh, pure night kind of fused together are is hanging from a giant iron chain from the ceiling of the, um, from the roof. Okay, I totally want a perception check that. Okay. Mm, 26. Okay. Evidently, gods and deities and demigods and so forth have some fun toys. There's a night and day section to the city. So it's sort of as the, uh, the, the chain hanging down, huge, massive, ruined, of course, bunch of lights, but there's sort of a claw type fixture at the end, sort of a grasping dragon's claw mm -hmm. that is surrounding, but not physically holding this orb. And it is half bright light, uh, you know, regular casting of mm -hmm. diffused light. And the other half is pitch black. And it seems to be turning. Sort of so it's, giving... It, it's basically like uh, a, uh, not a mockery, but a, a simulation of what happens outside, you know, for the day-night cycle. Yes, yeah. Sort of a uh, dark crystal kind of um, machine that shows the universe, but in this case, it's more just the sun, for lack of a better term. There's there's the underground sun, but this is just a phenomenally beautiful yet simple 
thing, but they're still for the dark side of town. You've got lights. You still have other colors and myriads of lights lit um, in the day section. And sort of where the two split, you have either a, a dawn or a twilight kind of happening. So it's not an immediate, even though the sun looks like there would be an immediate light dark, mm-hmm. there's still that band. How long would it take to walk across the city? Probably a couple hours. There seems to be um, a, a central pathway up the city, okay. but it looks chock full. And then if you went off to the sides into all the other buildings and stuff, it's really, for lack of a better term, it's a minotaur maze of streets and passages and things. It's just, but you're on this overlook, taking it all in, and it is it is just massive not a dimensional flux or anything and making it you know hundreds of miles across but just the the scope and passage of it all is is pretty intense um i hate to say it but i'm having a mind blank on the david bowie uh movie labyrinth labyrinth Labyrinth. thank you it's where she where uh she's standing up on top of the um overlook over the the labyrinth looking out and seeing the castle mm-hmm. kind of a sort of similar perspective um looking down into this this maze or um building set i'd love to continue further on here but i kind of sort of need the whole party to be present yeah. for this next step or it's kind of not Fair. So I think at this point we'll just deal with this one as a very short episode and Xanatar, you can take us out. Okay. Thank you for listening. You can find out more at deathd4dishonor.com. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Twitter at deathd4. Please take a listen to the Gray Area Podcast about advice and interviews and relationships between gamers and the Super Number One Podcast with Kevin and Andrew. One topic, two geeks, several beers. One at grayareapodcast.com and the other at supernumberone.libson.com. Join us for our worldwide adventure and stay tuned for next week as we continue our travels. Hopefully. (laughs) 